Tell me when will you be mine? Tell me All right, all right. Welcome, one and all. Today's topic, tipping. It's something that we're probably going to uh, go over several times over the course of this podcast, but it is the very bedrock reason we get out of bed or off the couch uh, to go be fake nice to the general public whom on my days off I usually successfully try to avoid entirely. Um, the quote that I came up with is that your 20% is 100% of what I, why I do what I do. I think that if you are a bartender or a server and you're not doing it for the money, there is something like seriously wrong with you. You've got to be a somewhere. Um, Yeah, so you know, we've we've been doing this for a long time. There are people that do it, you know, until their bodies little literally break down and they cannot anymore because the money is so good. If you break it down per hour, tippable workers make more than first responders. They make more than I mean, it, right. it, it goes on and on. It's it's really incredible the amount of the amount of money that can or cannot be made. And it's also a huge gamble because <laughs> nothing's really guaranteed. Yeah, you're out there hoping for the best, basically. Uh, I like to call it the highest form of begging. Uh, but, you know, I, uh, before I get like too, uh, this is the only reason I do it. And I, o you know, that's that's not entirely true. I do enjoy it. I'm, uh, and when I say that I'm fake nice for a living, you know, there's some truth to that. But it's also it's not it comes naturally to me. And it's not something that I really have to work that hard at to uh, to achieve. In disclaimer, I went from being a typical worker to the other side into management a few years ago and I truly do enjoy the hospitality industry which is why I went ahead and took that 40% pay cut to go to the other side Yikes. and I will completely own up to the fact that there is truly something wrong with me I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it I'll do it for 70 hours a week I will have nothing to show at the end but it, it it's it's what we're made for and when you're a restaurant industry person I think you just kind of really know but I wanted to kind of uh, go into just the history behind tipping. Why do we do it? Why, why is this thing? Why is this system in in place? So a lot of people don't know that tip is actually an acronym, uh, T I P, to ensure promptness or promptitude. Um, so it's uh, it's one of those things that sort of got glossed over over the years. But you know, ultimately, what it came down to was you know flashing some cash to get some faster service. I I just think that. That kind of you know has snowballed and and for whatever reason that started you you mentioned that started in Britain correct yeah exactly so that's funny because uh, the Brits are the most notoriously bad tippers uh, and they started this damn thing yeah <laughs> however it, it you know shook out in the end that the United States is really the last remaining place on this planet that that does things this way is is really interesting to me because we just accept this as a normal thing it's a standard practice. Um, American people just go through day-to-day -day living, you know, uh, I think there's like a common concern amongst society. Did I tip enough? Am I doing it the yeah, right Yeah, it makes way? for a stressful end-of-meal sort of experience. And then, you know, you've always got that one friend that if you're splitting the bill, doesn't give enough, and then you've got to cover it, and you don't want to look bad. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, stress, I guess, that can be uh, associated with it. And when you look at it that way, it makes sense why the rest of the world thinks that we're nuts and why they resist Yeah, it's this pretty dumb, actually. And they're like, what do you mean? We just factor it into the cost of what we're doing and everybody's happy and there isn't like a... <laughs> exactly. Well, joining the discussion uh, with us today after the break, uh, a good friend of mine, Jay Boise, here with us. Uh, we're going to talk tipping a little bit more after the break. 
Okay, all right, we're back, and I am happy to introduce a good friend of mine, Mr. Jay Bois. How are you, Jay? Hello, doing great, Tom. All doing right. Doing great, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, welcome. Uh, so glad to have you. Um, give us a little bit about you. Well, I moved to NYC in 1998 to uh, pursue all sorts of wacky things. One of them is like, you know, more creative ventures and whatnot, and, you know, various uh, pseudo business ideas, but right. I ended up falling back constantly into the restaurant business. You know, I sort of grew up in it and, um, you know, I ended up like falling back into it and then jumping out of it and then taking different sort of avenues from it. But I think the reason why I couldn't get away from it is, as you said up top, it's just, uh, it's just the money. It's just the... Uh, it's a tough thing to walk away from to golden go. Golden It's the golden handcuffs. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, yeah, that's our phrase. Uh, Absolutely. And you've you've pretty much done it all, right? Uh, position wise. Without a doubt, you know. I mean, when I was much younger, I definitely was a busboy. I've even been a line cook in the early days, and then in NYC, I've been everything from a server to a bartender, to a psalm, to a wine rep, to a manager. Yeah, you've covered it all, all sorts I of think. things. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Sweet. All right. Well, you know, we're talking about tipping today uh, and just the, the the sort of in a in a grand sense, you know, it is the it is like you, it is that is the reason you keep coming back to it, obviously. And uh, it is the the reason we do what we do for the most part, if you're still a front of the house uh, tipped employee. Absolutely that. And I look great in an apron. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Who doesn't? Exactly. I could name a few. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's interesting with your breadth of experience as well. Something that comes up a lot, uh, I think, especially since I've gone into management, is what I like to call tip envy. Other positions will, you know, especially back of the house, if they catch wind of what the servers or bartenders are making, they're uh, insulted. Because oh, it has to be infuriating. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That was a major thing with me. Um, my first real uh, management position in NYC didn't come until I was already doing it for about 15 years and you know I sort of I was sort of coaxed into it and I was like all right great I'm gonna do this it's a step up and then once I once I started doing it I realized that it was a step backwards it was so much more work so much more responsibility I had to really I was really putting my heart and soul into it and then at the end of the night you know, I'd have these servers who were getting there later than me, mm -hmm. leaving before me a fraction of the responsibilities, <laughs> way walking more. up with way more money. Yeah. Oh, the struggle is real. <laughs> yeah. But I was uh, talking to Tommy before we started today, and, you know, I, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I it will own up to the fact that there is something truly wrong with the way my brain is wired because I actually get not the same sense of satisfaction, but a sense of satisfaction from my servers and bartenders being successful financially, bringing in all of this money. Like I feel like, you know, I'm doing my job properly when they're balling out. That's actually I cool to hear. You know, you don't think yeah. about it from like, from a bartender's point of view. Uh, I try to, even though my managers like do the payroll and they see what I make and stuff like that, I, you know, I never, I try to, no, I, I think, I feel like at this point anyway, I definitely don't ever talk about how much I make or if I got like a crazy tip. I don't share that, especially with 
management because they don't want to know that. They don't, you know, I don't want them I to. I do, though. Yeah. I mean, some Which is cool to hear. Not. Yeah. Unfortunately, Con Ed doesn't take senses of satisfaction as a form of exactly. payment. Exactly, right. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I do. I, I'm happy for my team. I like my team. I hired them for a reason, and they're still here for a reason. So, you know, for me, anyway, um, I... I, I Yes, do I get jealous? 100%. But I, I do share their joy when they're doing really yeah. well. I get like, re- I've found myself recently getting like genuinely pissed if I don't get 20%. And, you know, that's actually kind of a tall order to expect uh, at a bar because some people think, you, you know, there's the old like it's a dollar a drink thing mm-hmm. or, right. you know, that bartenders should get 10% or, you know, it's 20, you guys. Um, <laughs> it, uh, so, it, but like, and I, I like take it personally. I'm not like mad about the money necessarily because I don't really care. I, my money goes on the paycheck. I don't. Even, by the time I get that paycheck, it, today's tip is from two weeks ago. So I don't really actually care. I'm not right. counting. But like, I'm like, fuck. What did I, you know? What could I have done differently? Or what, you know, how come these people? Don't? But it's like uh, you can't expect that well, every 100. There's of the also time. A, a really big difference between popping open a Bud Light and making somebody a craft cocktail. Well, true. Absolutely. Is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, that is definitely the case behind the bar, where it is a different world, whereas, you know, I- in general, bartenders tend to make more money than servers at the end of the day, at the end of the week. However, that definitely does come up. You're right. I mean, you'll have, like, you know, from the day, you'll get tipped the same amount from, you know, cracking open a Corona or something, and then, you know, then making a 10-ingredient yeah, cocktail, exactly. you know, that takes or you five you minutes know, to make. Or, you know, you've let this... Uh, Becky taste five different wines before she's decided on oh one. And God. you know what? I'm just gonna have the Pinot Grigio. Yeah. I uh, knew that from the beginning. <laughs> you know, something <laughs> about the Grigio. Yeah, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> uh, but you know, those are you know, sort of. And uh, sitting here with uh, somebody who's a manager and somebody who's been a manager, and it's and you know, hearing about, especially about like, or when the kitchen finds out about, um, you know gratuities and things like that like Oof. they must think we are the most and they're not wrong the most spoiled bastards in the world because like what here i am huffing and puffing that i didn't get 60 dollars on a 300 dollar check because uh, and mostly the only reason that bill is so expensive is because our drinks are so expensive and you and know because people are ordering food that is cooked by the same guys that are in the exactly. kitchen making 15 bucks an hour if. whether or not yeah you know yeah absolutely yeah, the, the, the income disparity, the microcosm of a restaurant is out of control. Right, which kind of transitions us into... Yeah, so I wanted to kind of address that, um, you know, wage gap between front and back of house and loop that into kind of what Danny Myers tried to do here in New York City a couple years back. If you all listening are not familiar, he's a um, pretty prominent New York City restaurateur. Union Square, Square Hospitality is his company. Union Square Cafe, Grand Mercy Tavern, blah, blah, blah. Very um, successful guy. And he, I've read his book. Some pretty highbrow places. Yeah, I've read his book, Setting the Table. I recommend that book highly to anyone with interest in this industry. It's um, really got a lot of great advice and wisdom. And it, it's, it's, it gives you kind of a little peek into the way this man's brain works. But he decided, because he, I think, you know, was inspired by this wage gap issue to start eliminating tipping from his restaurants and factoring gratuity into the price of his menu, which then that profit gets shared um, and split up in percentages between the line cooks, the barista, the server, the bartender, literally every single Trickling human. Trickling down all the way to the dishwasher and yes. host and all of that. 
Yeah, so right. now everybody is they're calculating what the the profit was and and dividing it all up. He's the Karl Marx. Yeah, of exactly. But you know, the question also is how <laughs> virtuous is this or how much of it is it a, is it a business decision of his to so that he can uh, obviously it's better for the for the house, you know, I, um, as as nice as it sounds that he wanted to make it fair cuz you know the dishwashers work pretty hard too and it's like that's not really why he's doing it I don't think right and also being somebody that's that's running these really renowned restaurants you need to have your service be on point and his philosophy was kind of like oh well I only employ people who give 20% service so you don't even have to worry about it on your end my servers will perform to that level every single time which right. can't possibly be true. No, and in fact, the not. only time I've, I, I can only remember one time ever going to a no tipping restaurant. It was for my birthday and it was at um, Momofuku Nishi, which is, uh, was the, it, I think it's still there. It's in Chelsea. Um, and I think they, if, I think I remember that they changed it back to actually being a tipped restaurant now. Uh, but when I was there, the service was atrocious. And it was like, you can honestly see the difference between the motivation. If somebody knows that they, need to be nice and they're hoping to you know till the very end to get the 20% or whatever they're going to be great to you the whole time and at its inception Danny Meyer's servers that worked for his company probably were top notch but the reason I know that this system didn't really work is as a hiring manager of a restaurant about a year after this started every other applicant I had was oh, coming yeah. from one of his restaurants. Right. <laughs> and I asked every single one of them in their interviews how that's going. And the answer was the same across the board. Their money got cut more than in half. So then we're, what happens? All your talented wait staff comes and works for me at my little East Village spot. And I'm a very happy Perfect. camper. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. He just uh, leveled the playing field and uh, created uh, you know more demand or supply or whatever. There are certainly uh, instances where one tip can change your whole life. Is that right? Yeah, you know, you always hear about here and there um, on BuzzFeed or whatever, a server that gets, you know, a $1,000 tip so she can go visit her grandmother in Italy who's dying oh, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, there's people that are that generous and it's really heartwarming whenever these things are, you know, popping up and you're reading about them. But I wanted to bring up um, probably my favorite tipping story and one of my absolute favorite childhood movies. It's an American classic starring Nicolas Cage <laughs> and Bridget Fonda called It Could Happen to You. Mm. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with this cinematic masterpiece, I urge you to go find your nearest blockbuster and snag that guy. We'll, we'll put a link to it in, uh, <laughs> in the bio. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, find the last remaining blockbuster. Uh, no, it's a, it's a great movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. The link is to the directions to the <laughs> last <laughs> blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's uh, based on a true story that happened right here in New York. It was actually March 30, 1984 at Sal's Pizzeria in Yonkers. There was a waitress named Phyllis. She had worked there for 20 four years and one of her regulars was a uh, New York police detective who would come in all the time uh, they were you know pals and one day when he came in for lunch he asked if in lieu of a tip she would want to split the potential winnings on a one dollar lottery ticket it sounds like Detective Cunningham is kind of a cheapskate yeah, to me. And I mean, Phyllis wow. has had it, and she's seen it all, and she's right. like, all right, whatever. It's kind of a dick move, Detective Cunningham, but yeah. sure, I mean, in 1984, detectives were probably doing pretty well. I don't know. Whatever. Regardless of, of whether or not that's just preposterous, she agreed, 
they each picked three of the six numbers, and lo and behold, the next day, that $1 ticket won $6 million that he did the right thing and split evenly with her. This um, could not happen to me because if somebody offered me this opportunity, I'd be <laughs> like, no fucking way. <laughs> I got yeah. my 20% and then you can get out of here. <laughs> so it could happen to you only applies to... <laughs> yeah. People named Phyllis. Yeah, this could, this could happen to you if you were Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> Who, like you said, had probably just had it and was like, sure, Detective Cunningham, sounds yeah. great. It's better than the nothing you usually leave, so... <laughs> so she actually... <laughs> being the G that Phyllis is and was, continued to work at South Pizzeria for another two years afterwards after collecting her three million. And uh, I mean, what else is she going to do? Reportedly I mean, quit in 1986, two years later, because she couldn't handle the customers badgering her about the movie anymore. So oh, that's <laughs> twist. Oh, that sucks. So she would have kept on <laughs> staying at the pizza place. Do you but think she went to another place or something where there, where there was a little less? Heat or you know, I don't, don't have any follow-up information, but her name is Phyllis Penzo, P-E-N-Z-O. Phyllis, if you are listening, Phyllis, email you us. You have to get in touch. We if anybody know. knows Phyllis, we gotta <laughs> we gotta get the, the follow-up. Phyllis in. Sorry. <laughs> I, oh, I nice. really hope she's on an island somewhere, just living her retired life. No, you. If she is, she's working at the pizza place <laughs> on the island. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she loves it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. If anybody knows Phyllis, let's let's get in there. We want to know. Well, that's a good story. But uh, Jay's got a story for us too. After the break, we're gonna get a little war story from Jay. Stick around. We'll be right back with that. So, you know, you've been a server, you've been a bartender, you've been a manager. I, I want to hear a little bit more about how how it is that you feel about being on one side or the other in terms of, like, tip envy and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, you know, now I'm getting ganged up on by the management. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, I worked at Freeman's down Freeman's Alley, and I was a manager there, and I... Super hip spot, yeah. Super hip spot. I ran the wine department, I ran the wine program, which, you know, I, I really enjoy doing that because I really do love wine you know at the end of the day it is sort of a passion for me and um and you know that was cool I got that out of it but then you know you always have to come to grips with the fact that like okay wow I'm working like 50 hours a week making about 65k and you know the 22 year old server who you know, came in an hour and a half after me and just took an edible and at the end of the <laughs> night's like counting like 450 bucks. You know, that shit gets right. to you after a while. Absolutely. It, 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 it really does. And they're like, this place is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I, exactly. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like, oh my God, I have to I, polish all this silverware. I didn't do... Yeah, they don't do yeah. jack shit, yeah. and um, it, and you know it's uh it's ridiculous, but you know it's kind of cool. You do you do see a lot of celebrities like in oh, these that place places, is like uh, pretty hot spots. Without so, yeah. a doubt, between that and Balthazar, those were definitely my you know not that I'm like this big What's, like, celebrity. Your maven. most notable celebrity encounter yeah, from ones? your restaurant? Uh, I will say. Uh, um, th what's her exact title? Fergie, the Archduchess oh, good of Lord, exact whatever. Title. Talking about Fergalicious death. Fergalicious, pretty huge. Death, 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 um, death, death. You Wait, know, the artist I mean, or the royalty, the real, the real Duchess. Oh, the Duchess. The Duchess. Oh, no, oh. I'm not talking about the Black Eyed Peas. That's oh, okay. <laughs> We oh said God. celebrities. The Duchess of Cambridge. I just saw her count. on the way here. <laughs> Fuck her. No. I, we're not sophisticated enough to not know that you weren't talking about Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. No. It, uh, real Fergie? I, I mean, the, the real Fergie. I uh -huh. mean, but then again, there's just been like, you know, 
it's just this business. You just meet a million. You know, I could go on for days. Like Claudia Schiffer, Ice T, Ice Cube, uh, freaking so Bjork. Just you know, exactly. Yes, yes. Right around the Black Eyed Peas era. <laughs> but you know, sometimes it's like you know when you meet a celebrity and it's like if they kind of mean something to you, it can either go great or sometimes it can kind of go the other way. One time, uh, Steve Martin came in with like a big group of nice. people. Yeah, it was cool. I was super psyched. You know, I, I was a comedian for a long time, and you know, Steve Martin is definitely some someone I, I right. always no sort of thought was pretty aspiring awesome. Aspiring comedian doesn't love Steve Martin without a doubt. Pretty, pretty. Uh, you know, he's right up there. So, um, you know, he came in. It was like a birthday party for like you know someone's friends. And there were like twenty some odd people at the table, and. Usually in these instances, I always find that I usually find that the celebrity themselves is usually not the troublemaker. It's usually the hangers-on. It's the entourage. Oh, yeah, definitely. But in this case, they were kind of being okay. But you can tell, like the woman whose birthday it was, she was like really making it all about like the fact that Steve Martin was there with her. Oh, you know, God. like kind of like level jumping. Well, that must already be annoying for him. Too. Yeah, totally. absolutely. Yeah. That's I found like in situations I've you know had some brushes with celebrity or whatever you they usually lay as low as possible let the other people do whatever they're doing but they they're like barely even order and their then cousin deborah yeah, has to make it a big deal anyway, so it's always deborah yeah I she's know. such a deborah <laughs> move but um anyway like you know one time i was like ah oh, steve martin he's awesome so it came to the point i was a manager but i was of course like spending extra time on this table because i was kind of gaga for steve martin and then um you know we're like serving them dessert and i forget what the hell it was maybe like an apple tart or something stupid and i go to like put it all down there's a bunch of people and he's sitting at sort of the corner of the table so it's sort of less defined as to like who you're putting this thing down for you know there's glassware and everything around and i guess perhaps he perceived maybe i skipped him and he looks at me he goes what happened like, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck, Steve Martin? That actually kind of sounded like him. That yeah. was a good, uh, <laughs> well, that was like, a good Steve it, Well, maybe it's because it's been playing in my head, like, uh -huh. nonstop ever since, like, four years ago. No, but it was, I was just kind of like, just with those two words, like, kind of like, I, I was really I reduced. Steve Martin. I feel like I would have instinctually, like, thought that he was making a joke with me and done that really awkward thing that I've done before millions of times where I smile and laugh. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. And they're like, no, I'm serious. What happened? Yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> I oh. I want answers. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, then I tried to smooth. Were you like, just look to your right a little bit, Steve Martin? It's right there. You got one. Well, then you know, I was a manager. I was trying to be professional, so I thought I'd smooth it over. And I came out dressed as one of the three amigos and did the whole dance, <laughs> and it just didn't go over yeah, well. That's so weird that <laughs> and that didn't work. I'm surprised he didn't buy into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. quick mariachi moment. And exactly, yeah. but ah, oh, that's too bad. I, I waited on Dr. Phil one time, and uh, wow. he, this guy, this was like right before, or like they had just given him the show, and he had just sort of like come on. He came on like right after Oprah or right before Oprah. Like, I know she like brought him into. And how her, did that experience fold. make Well, that guy, was a great spinoff. That guy, was the Laverne yeah, and Shirley totally. of daytime a, talk it was shows. The worst <laughs> spinoff ever. Uh, anyway, so, but I remember he didn't know how to eat. In a nice restaurant, I swear to God, the guy was a complete moron. He didn't know which silverware was his. Like, so they had already had some appetizers. I came by and I uh, was a server at this place in L.A. and uh, set him up with the steak knife on one side, the fork on the other, and the big clearing in the area where the steak was about to go. And then when I put it down, he was flummoxed. He had <laughs> no idea what to do. I was like 
Dr. Phil, I am sure <laughs> you've had a steak or two in your day. <laughs> yeah. You can figure this out, buddy. He oh usually comes God. in a plastic microwavable tray yeah, exactly. before he met Oprah. Cash me outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lucky him, though. Oh, man. Yeah. Celebs. To be so dumb and so rich. I know. There's too many of those out there. So many. All right. Uh, all right. Well, thanks. That, w- that wraps up our celebrity corner. It's uh, <laughs> a good corner. <laughs> that was a good corner. All right. Okay, welcome back. It is game time. Game time. Boom. I feel like insert uh, air horn noise. Yeah. Yeah, that was way better than mine. Thanks. I, it's one of my <laughs> favorite sounds. It's actually, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's my favorite sound. Um, and maybe in post we can get the real the real horns. I maybe not. I, I yeah. Can you do that one more time? Yeah, that's All what right. we're using. All right, we're fine. Gonna we're going to go with mine. That. I closed yeah. my eyes and it felt good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Just, just feel it. Um, all right, we're going to have a little fun. Okay. Uh, Brittany, what do you got? Okay, so I was, you know, doing a little research, um, and there was an interesting situation where I was looking at, you know, into, like, the biggest tips that people have ever gotten in their careers. Um, there was a girl that was working somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, I don't have the article right in front of me because I am the professional. And... Um, Essentially what happened is the guests left and they pulled that move where they left their to-go box on the table. Usually your move is you just throw it out, but she picked up the to-go box. Oh, I've chased people out the door. I'm full service. You need this other half of the sandwich. (laughs) Um, That was not the case. She picked up the the to-go box. The consistency seemed odd. She opened it and there was a very large sum of money in the to-go box. Whoa. Cash. So I'm talking stacks, man. So she... For some reason, called it in. Um, I know, right? To like corporate, scout. like uh, to corporate. No, to the police. Uh, you know, and they said, you know, you did the right thing. We're gonna hold. Yeah, the, we yeah, got it from right? here. You, Bye. you idiot. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna hold the money for sixty days. If no one claims it, then you can have it after sixty days. So she's like, ah, right. okay, we're like she's probably planning vacations and stuff. Waiting day fifty nine. Very excited. Day sixty goes to the police station. Can I please have my money? And they said, actually, no. <laughs> we detected a strong scent of marijuana on the cash, and it's now. Uh, held as evidence. <laughs> and also, part- there's only a third of it left. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> held it, it as a ongoing drug investigation. Um, so she actually ended up filing a lawsuit, and they did eventually release the funds to her. And what I would they like... Were, to- they were trying to keep it, though. Uh, for sure they were. Oh my God. How much are we talking about? Well, that's what I want you to try to guess right now. Th- oh, that's How much guess. are we talking Ooh. about? All right. Money left in a bag. Oh, boy. Well, I think box. They put it back in the to-go box? It was in a to-go box, according to this article, which is an odd behavior. If you are doing some sort of drug deal, maybe they were on their way to purchase the drugs and got distracted. Yeah, or they were like, come by, like... Whoever's supposed to pick it up, like swing the by the table. The bus boys involved uh, yeah, somehow. So it's, it's like very <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very <That's> interesting. <laughs> murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> uh, okay, I have a guess, uh, but uh, I'll let you decide if you want to go first or second. I mean, you can jump in if you got a guess. I, I think it's. 20, I'm going to do the, the Price is Right thing where I can. Right, yeah. So twenty thousand. Oh wait, Price is Right rules now. If I, <laughs> over, if I, if I overbid. No, 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 no. Price okay. is Right rules. Just uh, closest. I don't know. I just seems like <laughs> because like for much, you know, if it was. 
three grand, I don't think you would have taken it to the cops. Right, and also, know? like, would they have fought so hard to keep it at that point? Exactly. Right. So, I, so I think it's... We're going to go mathematically closest to the actual amount. All right, so I, okay. I got 20. Yeah, 20 grand sounds good. Yeah, I agree. I agree with your logic there, where if it were a... If it were... There's a certain sum where you wouldn't go to the cops... And then there's that one oh, yeah, sum definitely. where if you it's go over fifty thousand. You're not telling anybody. And the fact that right. <laughs> and the fact that you, Brittany, know the story means it was enough money that it was like a big thing that everyone was talking about. Twenty grand's a good guess. I guess I'm gonna say, oh, shoot, I'll just say oh, that's a lot of cash. But I'll just say ten grand. Ten grand. Okay. Twenty grand seems a lot. Yeah, and our guest is the winner. We are clocking in at twelve thousand. Twelve thousand is the win. In is a to-go box, uh, right. left in a restaurant. Oh, wow. Allegedly, kind of smells like weed. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Our and our a girlfriend. A little bit like burger. She yeah. stayed strong. <laughs> she followed up. She filed a lawsuit. She paid her lawyer eleven thousand dollars, and she made out with one. Yeah, she still got. I the don't money. know if that's true, <laughs> but yeah, she did end up with with some of the money. So, that's hey funny. guys, once again, it could happen to you. Keep the faith. Stay at Sal's Pizzeria. You never know. <laughs> That's true. It's another it could happen so to you. true. Okay. I have another game here, um, which, once again, upon doing research, I came upon a list of the strangest items left in place of gratuity. Now, this gets a little bit of a gray area situation here because I can't say that the ones... So some of them are were actually left as tips or instead of tips, and some of them are things that uh, we just made up. Right. So I can't say for uh, factually that the things that Tommy and I came up with have not been left as tips. Yeah, they could have also been left as tips. Okay, right, right. So but the ones that came from the list... You're guessing which ones are from the list and which ones are from... So I say real or uh, left as a tip, or we made it up. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So let's let's start. We've got quite a few here. Uh, first one is a fake one hundred dollar bill with Obama's face on it. I'm gonna say that's true. Actually, been left. It it uh, in yep. fact is that that was a real thing. Um, a gift card to Sons of Thunder, which is a poke restaurant here in New York City. Definitely, that that would that would have been left as a tip. The gift certificate that seems like a, a cheapo thing. A gift card to somewhere else that seems like a cheapo move someone would pull. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, for those of you who have been listening, Sons of Thunder uh, is a pokey restaurant that was part of our game on our last episode. <laughs> yeah, it is a real pokey restaurant. But there was not a real <laughs> gift card left. Oh. As a tip. No, uh, <laughs> we made that up because we're just still obsessed with the Sons of Thunder. Yeah, our yeah. first it's podcast meet and greet actually yeah. will take place there. Uh, we're going to just go ahead and buy it That's out. another shout-out for Sons of Thunder. <laughs> TBD. <laughs> Our first unofficial sponsor. Okay, a fortune cookie fortune. You know what the problem with this is? I just wouldn't put anything past the yeah, general public. Exactly. Um, they all could, they all could <laughs> be. <laughs> like I have very little faith in people now. Uh -huh. um, I'm going to say, no, that probably wasn't left. Left is a tip. Oh, uh, how fucking awful is that? You I barely know, right? want that when you're at a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> but like, right? I'm assuming yeah. that it was left as a tip at a different restaurant. Oh, that I'm was sure. Not, yeah, a right. non-Chinese yeah. restaurant. Yes. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a hamster in a small cage. 
Whoa, that's pretty <laughs> esoteric. So esoteric that it's got to be true. Yes. <laughs> nope. nope. We made ah. it up. <laughs> Although I, I think it'd be fun to leave a live animal for somebody like here. This is your responsibility now. Right. You, you have, have to, to do whatever. <laughs> right. If here you, you let go. it die, you're you're an asshole. Yeah. Like, Here's yeah. my tip: a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, You'll s- never forget me. <laughs> Six chicken tenders from Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's been Very left as a tip. Nope. <laughs> 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 it's so specific. <laughs> That's what got me. These yeah. are good. Yeah, you needed that 7-Eleven We made kicker. this one yeah. tricky, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Arcade tokens. Yes. Yes. That is, that is right. from the All list. Right. And it was probably at a place that was like either at or near an arcade, which is like sort of... Right. Or like a Disney World or something like that. I mean, that. if I'm like getting off work from a lunch shift and somebody gives me some Dave & Buster's tokens, I now know what I'm doing with the rest of my True. day. So I would actually probably appreciate that. that. Yeah, it's like, you know, We're after go like a soul-crushing shift, a little skee-ball takes the edge yeah, exactly. off. I agree. 100%. Right? Go get super frustrated at the claw machine. <laughs> 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 an Ed Sheeran concert t-shirt. Ooh. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, okay. You, you caught me on that <laughs> one. No, no Sheeran. <laughs> Sorry. You have to go to the show to get that. <laughs> um, a fake million-dollar bill with scripture written on the back. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, that's a real of one. Of course. No, yeah. that, that's actually kind of... A, it, it, that, that type of thing popped up several times on the list where it's like, it looks like money, but really, no. Get into Jesus, guys. It's, it's Jesus like all thing. like a Jesus Which thing. is the best way to, to trick somebody into religion is thinking that they got cash. Well, yeah. And then hit them with the old switcheroo. The old onesie-twosie. Um, <laughs> a condom. A condom? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah that's straight from the list. Um, a package of hair. Oh wow, that's what? so weird. <laughs> I wasn't even No, a package of hair. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not like Elvis's sideburns or something like <laughs> yeah. what, what kind of package? Yeah. How package. much hair? Just yeah. a package. <laughs> it's a package. You say it like it's a standardized yeah, you thing know, we're talking one about package, here. <laughs> <laughs> one package of one hair. One package of hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's a unit of measure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that I got from a different list, but not a list of things that were like. <laughs> yeah. um, what are things that can't be packaged <laughs> <Yes>. right <laughs> yeah, exactly. i just thought it would be fun to throw in there because like i believe it i guess um a small plush toy of a cat eating a slice of pizza <laughs> what if only it were more specific i know right <laughs> um the cat is brown uh, uh so uh, is the pizza. um that's gotta be it's so specific yes yes nope no <laughs> not left as a tip oh my gosh um, a loose nugget of weed. Oh, definitely. Definitely yep. been left as a tip. That's true. Yes. Very true. I, it's actually happened to me before. Wasn't mad at all. <laughs> uh, but, like, by somebody I did not know at all whatsoever who was taking a really big chance. That's a big hand- chance. Well, they, hand- they probably had a I would have been happy with it. I would have been like, that's cool. But that's a big no, risk. No, I was, like, handed, like, loose marijuana. Why? What do you, like, what's the worst? Like, you hold your hand up. Super like, yeah. straight-laced server who's going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> you know, right, like, right, Get right. your jazz cabbage away from me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll take your Jesus bill. Yeah, exactly. I just got a Jesus bill from the other table. <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to turn you in. <laughs> I've converted. <laughs> I don't live that lifestyle anymore. Oh my um, god, this has been so fun. Jay, we have thank one more. So we have much. one more. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> my bad. A full set of eighteen karat gold teeth. Oh. <laughs> what? No, not as a tip. See, Somebody now, just left. Now you're those. getting the hang of this. Oh. Yeah. Yes. 
And if anybody's curious, the list that I got some of the other things from was weirdest things ever left in an Uber. <laughs> so they were all left. So they were all left somewhere. Maybe they were left right. as tips for the Uber. Uh, yeah, now yeah, this yeah. nullifies the whole game, I think. Well, it was uh, still fun. No, it was fun. Absolutely. And, uh, Jay, it's been great having you here. Thank pleasure, you so much for, pleasure. Uh, for sharing your, your tales with us. And uh, you know what? Uh, we will see you guys again next time. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. We really hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a war story of your own you would like to share, please email it to us at btdubspod at gmail.com. That is B-T-D-U-B-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. We will be reading them on future episodes, and also we would just love to hear about your trauma. Thanks again, and see you next week. Tell me when will you be mine Tell me quando, quando, quando We can share a love divine Please don't make me wait again When will you say yes to me Tell me quando, quando, quando